Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview health and wellness practitioners across the globe to see what sets them apart. You will find out why they not only teach and talk about health, but how they walk the walk as well. If you ever wanted to see what others are doing on a daily basis to get healthy and be able to implement in your life, then you're in the right place. Also, I'd like to invite you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com and take your free brain health quiz today to see where the health of your brain lies. And for taking the quiz, you will get a copy of my book for free, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski. And welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 37. In today's episode, I interview exercise physiologist and my best friend since the age of six, Mark Radio. Be sure to stick around to see how shedding negative perceptions can help you live longer, as well as what professional wrestler Mark would want to be. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And on the show today, I have a longtime friend of mine, Mark Radio. Now, Mark, one of the first questions I ask everybody that comes on the show is tell us about your health journey in 10 sentences or less. Oh, 10 sentences. Good thing I listened to your show before I somewhat prepared. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's just like everybody else on the show, it's been a long journey. So, uh, 10 sentences. Uh, Really, basically, I started with my dad. Ever since I can remember, he was out jogging all the time, uh, going to the gym. So probably when I was like five, I want to say I started doing calisthenics. Uh, my mom would actually lead us during the summer. We had to do calisthenics before we went to the Nazareth pool. I'm from the Nazareth is my hometown. So um, that was really he got my, my start. And then just like everybody else, uh, sports was a big thing. And then you started lifting for sports, uh, whether it was football, baseball, basketball, and eventually football was my thing. So high school, I started really just focus on weight training, more exercising. And that really led me then to, uh, my studies in college. I played football at Bloomsburg university, studied exercise, uh, physiology there. And then that, after graduating with that, that led me, led me into my career doing personal training. Um, I was with you for a little bit, doing some PT work, um, nutrition now as well, and really just helping more people out. Again, in my uh, hometown, really, in the Lehigh Valley. Now I'm in uh, Allentown doing all the exercise science stuff and all, all that good stuff now. So. so explain to us a little bit more. What is it that you do now? I mean, is it always one-on-one -on -one clients? Is it group training? And again, like you talk about, well, exercise, nutrition, what all do you cover with your clients? Okay. Yeah. Just like if you want to make it in the fitness industry, you have to be kind of a jack of all trades nowadays, I think. So my official title is exercise physiologist. Basically, if you want to call it personal training, uh, life coaching, whatever it is, you could call it, you could sum it up in, like that. Um I'm, I'm on my grind. I, I do an internet business in which I will do online training, online nutritional consults with. And then I'm also doing in-person face-to-face with um, a personal training gym. So most of those clients are going to be your one-on-one -on -one, 
you're what you, the average person would think of a personal training session. Now, it's not necessarily like your commercial gym. Uh, this is a personal training studio with the highest quality trainers we could get in the area to be leading people to more specific goals. Um, so we, I do deal a lot with more, I would say your everyday average person, uh, office worker, anywhere from age like 35 to like 65. Like I said someone who's, who's really just inactive. Um, I dealed with some athletes back in the day, but more so now it's, you're going to be looking at, at the office workers, um, and, and your everyday average person, uh, doing the one-on-one training with. And my online business, like I said, that's, that's, uh, getting, jump started here within the last year I started doing that and that's all online training um, me I, I think that's that's the that's the future you see the fitness industry I think is just watered down way too many people in, in it and it's it could be a good thing but if they're all qualified but a lot of them aren't qualified so you're starting to see more and more of the top people go to online training so you're you're seeing people who who want to train with the best, they're seeking out the best now. So say for, for instance, uh, uh, powerlifting, someone wants to create a, uh, get a thousand pound total or whatever. They never picked up a, a powerlifting bar or anything like that ever before. They're not going to go to your local, uh, everyday gym. They're going to go search online. Now they're going to Google, Hey, who's the best powerlifter in, in the, in the world? And chances are, just like we're doing, we're on Skype. You could Skype with that person. They'll charge you a fee online, and they're going to get you a lot stronger than Joe Schmo down the street. So that's where I'm trying to go with the online training business. My my niche with with people is going to be weight loss, uh, weight loss and over, overall health like that. So like I said I, I could do some of the athletes and all that stuff, but I really jive mostly with people who are who are trying to get healthy and, and lose weight. So that's now, basically mm-hmm. what I'm. <laughs> Do you see that that's kind of your niche because you've gone through that yourself, like where you've lost weight yourself or you've just gone through that overall wanting to be healthy and that's why you're kind of drawn towards that crowd or they're drawn towards you? Uh, I'd say, I, I, me personally, I never had weight issues. I was always the opposite. I was always the, when I was, what, second grade weighing 45 pounds, you know? So I, I, and I said, like I said, everything starts with my dad. I started taking weight gainer shakes when I was like freaking like six. So, um, my goal was always to gain weight. So the whole bodybuilding thing, when I was really young, I was drawn to, you, you read the flex magazines, you see these guys put on tons of muscle. So learning how to gain weight like that and really bulking up for, for football and got to the point where I did. Um, all the strongman and some powerlifting things like that. I got, I got my, I'm five seven, and I got my frame up to about two twenty at my heaviest. So, I guess I, I know how to gain the weight. But then now I'm, I'm walking around one seventy. So I saw in a matter of six months, I went from two fifteen. I realized my body can't handle this. So I, I dropped in a matter of about like two months. I went all the way to like one eighty, so forty pounds. And well, maybe not two months. What was that? probably four months. So I know how to, how to gain and I know how to lose weight. And even though more of my backgrounds in sports, I think like you, you mentioned before, most of the people that train with me, I think they're just drawn to me because I don't know, it's just something I, I naturally know how to, how to do because I naturally know how to gain weight. So now I naturally know how to, how to lose the weight too. So I think you said more people are just drawn to that. And that's just the type of clientele that I, at, I don't know if, believe in all that stuff but just basically came to me so yeah absolutely 
And uh, yeah, I definitely like working with those people too. I think there's a much more appreciation and much more life-changing benefit with working with people who are really fighting for their lives rather than someone who's just trying to bench 300 pounds and say they did it, you know? So I get, I get more benefit and reward out of working with someone for those purposes rather than just, like you said, just uh, running a 40-yard dash fast or something like that. Now, you've mentioned uh, like just some of the things that you used to read growing up. Like Again, the Flex Magazine, and I, I understand that completely. Like growing up, this was kind of what you were reading. What is it that you've uh, developed into? Like, What are you reading now, or what, is there a current area of study that you're really into kind of delving deep right now? Yeah, so like I said, just like with everybody, you, you go through that natural progression of when you're younger, everybody's introduced to flex and muscle and fitness and all that. And then you go through your college phase and, okay, you learn a little more academics. And then my learning really started after I graduated college. Um, so that's, that's really when I felt that I wanted to learn. Like college, you're like, oh, yeah, I, I have to do it. So I, I learned, but it wasn't to the degree to where I wanted to learn. And then that's when I, I started picking up, uh, well, the internet came much more available and becoming uh, Google and all that stuff made it easier to, to find out all this stuff. Uh, I'm, I describe myself to most people as a self guinea pig. So I've, I've did every, I've, I've read and then I tried it on myself, whether it was a, a vegan diet, paleo, gluten-free, uh, more holistic stuff, uh, different uh, herbs and supplements like that. So right now, what I'm currently doing, I, I probably not reading too much now, but from my past, I've probably drawed experience from all of that and kind of morphed it into one thing. So yeah, I have that bodybuilding influence from when I was really young. I have that college experience of straight exercise physiology knowledge from college. And then I have more of the, the hippie, experimental, uh, vegan, paleo, all that stuff morphed into one. And, and now I, I kind of use that to help my clients and, and still even with help myself get to my own goals with what I do. So, but currently reading, I would probably say to get back to your actual question is more actually a, a life longevity stuff now. Anything so. recent that you've read that you uh, recommend to people to check out if they're looking out uh, to see or enhance okay. their longevity? Yeah. So with uh, reading, I'd probably do more videos and, and audios. So I'll, I'll go on YouTube and then uh, while I'm doing stuff around the house or whatever, I'll, I'll put on uh, a talk or something like what we're doing. Um, so recently I, I've, I've gotten into, uh, what's the guy's name? Um, his name's Aubrey de Grey. He, he did a couple Ted talks and he did, um, I think he's in a, a documentary on Netflix too. I forget the name of the documentary. I could Google it quick, but it basically make sure to check it out and get it in the show notes. so Everybody could okay. check it out then too. Yeah. Uh, some of his Ted talks are real cool. That's what turned me on to him first. And I'm a Netflix junkie. So I saw him on Netflix. And, oh, I got to watch this. And basically the, the science and what's getting into these lifelong everything's whether it's stem cells or even small robotics that they put into your body to help clean up damaged cells, um, numerous different techniques that they're perfecting. And it's, it's cool to see he got, and you probably heard this before the guy, the first person to live to 150 has already been born. And this guy's stating this Aubrey de Grey, he's stating, he goes, just like with technology, 
uh, what's that one rule? Once once something's developed every ten years, it's going to be developed ten times more. Whatever that. Oh, that I know long. exactly what you're talking about. Um, anyway, he's Moore's saying the law? same thing with like it I think it might be Moore's law. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It, I think it doubles every eighteen months. That's something like with computers, at least. Like yeah, yeah. Speed doubles or memory doubles, but it's at like half of the cost and stuff like that. It's just incredible the rate at which it's multiplying. Yeah. So this guy's basically saying that on the, on the life longevity aspect. He goes, once we get that first person to live to 150, he goes, it won't be within uh, um, maybe another 100 years until we get people to live to 1,000. And this guy's research, and like I said, some of his TED Talks and his uh, the documentary and even his website and stuff, he's going into all these different techniques and, and how to elongate the life. Uh, mostly again with through technology, so maybe not through your everyday living stuff um, like that. What you and me talk about, but through some of this technology, because that's like that's just the next thing. I, I find that stuff pretty cool. Like I don't know, just like robotics that you put in your body and clean you up, and, and stem cell stuff that just it's just crazy stuff. Stuff that I don't know that I know I can't do. So I I, I like finding out stuff that I know I, I'll never be able to do. And, well, what about uh, stuff that you do right now that you either implement with yourself, with your clients that do you feel that at least is going to be helping with longevity? Oh, stuff that I do. All right. So basically all the, all the latest research and, and I've seen you post stuff. I've posted stuff to social media. It's all about movement. You know what I mean? So, and like I said before, most of the people I work with are going to be your everyday office worker. Uh, or someone who drives a lot, travels a lot. So, and the new, the new, all the new studies. Oh, get up, stand up, move, walk. Don't sit. Sitting's the worst thing since smoking all that stuff. So that's number one. Uh, whether you want to spend three hundred dollars on an Apple Watch and make sure you get your steps in, or just buy a two dollar pedometer and make sure you're walking, um, it's your choice. But basically, movement's number one. Movement. Um, by by far, whether it's a standing desk, a treadmill desk, whatever you can manipulate inside your office, whatever you could do is is basically rule number one for what I try to get people to do. And then secondly, even though I'm more of a fitness professional as far as exercising and things like that, I'd rather see people get their diet in check first than, than go right into fitness. Usually it's backwards, and I'm not going to turn someone away who wants to exercise unless it's an extreme case. Uh, but ideally, I'd like to see see someone really dial in their nutrition first, and then get going with uh, the exercise. So, and nutrition, it doesn't have to be complicated. I know once they hit a certain point, then you have to get more fine tuned with it and stuff like that. But at first, it's real simple. I tell everybody just eat real food. It's it's really that that simple to get started. And and like I said, most of the people that I'm seeing there, they forty. 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight. So just by that one simple rule, they could drop 20 pretty quick. Okay, and then maybe the last 10, 15, we're going to have to fine-tune a little bit, uh, track. Um, I know you, you do different things, whether it's metabolic typing, um, different aspects like that, uh, finding what works for them for those last couple bit, and then to optimize their energy levels after they lost the weight. But at first, it's really just eating real food. And... Um, then after that, so after the movement, after the, the diet, then then strength training is huge, and it, and that's basically where where I come in the most. 
all all the stats, what, 35? Once you hit 35, you're you're almost deteriorating really quick, right? Very Uh, rapidly, even sometimes earlier. I mean, but here's the thing, like, I look back and it's like, the, the amount of people, like, and or just the length of time, even though we spend sitting when we're in high school, when we're in college, and even then now, I'm already starting to see people aren't moving, they're not eating right, then they're, but they're definitely not doing the strength training. So where is that curve going to go drop down to now where really? before it used to be people would do some heavier work, some of the strength training just naturally throughout life, but it seems to be getting younger and younger that that almost stops then too. Yeah, so, so, yeah maybe. Yeah, 35 25 might be the new 35 now. So, so but yeah, I, I thought I was at the, the gas station the other day. And not to pick on this guy, I don't know this guy. And chances are he's, he'll never listen to this. But, but uh, this guy, just he was probably a teenager. And just his, his posture, I had to double take and, and look at him. I thought, no joke, I thought the guy was 60. Because and you're seeing it in more and more teenagers nowadays. They have the the text neck and the text back. <laughs> I I double took at the guy because I seriously thought he was like he was like 60, but no, he just was like he was blonde hair, so he looked it looked gray. But <laughs> I was like, what what the heck? But you're starting to see that that more and more now. Um, but yeah, just getting getting back to. Um, as far as when someone hits 35, at least the, the old literature, the somewhat recent still literature, always suggested that's when muscle mass really starts to deteriorate at a more rapid pace. So to really ingrain strength training at, at a younger age, too, the the, the better benefit they're, they're, uh, people are going to have, um, be able to keep it in, into their, in their 60s, 70s, and re- really live a productive older life. Um, People always come to me and they're like, "Oh, well, I'm I'm already 60. Can I still put on? Chance where I can't put on muscle? I, I've trained quite a few people who haven't touched a weight until they're 60, and they, they put on significant amount of muscle. So, just because I'm saying, okay, you should start early, doesn't mean if you haven't started that you can't get a benefit out of it. Um, but those those three aspects are what I've seen that the average person or everybody can can really benefit from just general movement. I know. Fitbit and all those to Apple Watch. They always say ten thousand steps. Ten thousand is pretty minimal in my in my eyes. I'd, I'd say at least fifteen thousand, uh, if not even higher. And then um, the diet, just eat real food. And then okay, we can fine tune it later. And then some f- sort of uh, strength training t- two days, at least two days a week. So, so what is your current eating philosophy, or what does even a typical day of eating look like for you? Oh, for me. That's tough. I I tell everybody and, and I write about it in some of my blogs that I have exercise and nutrition ADD. <laughs> so I, I try a bunch of different things all the time. My core, though, always stays around some, some type of protein, quality protein, and then a easy digestible carbohydrate. I'm a big believer. I've tried and I, I still do periods of vegetarian and vegan, but I, I personally need animal products in my diet, I think, to, to feel effective and and energetic throughout the day. I don't know. I've tried, like I said, I've tried experimental periods before, and I just never felt that that same pop when I took in, taken animal products totally out. Maybe for a month or two, I would feel okay, but anything longer term than that, I'd uh, really start to start to feel it. And even my, my wife, who's vegan and vegetarian, she even, she even 
suggests me and bumps me in the in arm, and I think you need animal products now. So definitely, always, um, I would say my overall eating is going to be moderate protein, moderate fat, and moderate carbohydrates, something always in, in between. Nothing too crazy. Currently, right now, with my profession, I get up probably at 4.30 in the morning. My first client's usually around 5.30, so for me to get to the gym and stuff. So I'm, I'm having a cup of coffee first thing in, in the morning, and then... Well, how do you, how do you like your coffee? What do, you, do you have anything in it? What uh, kind of, how do you make it? What, what do you like? I go back and forth. I'm, I'm, I'm too lazy to, to, to cold press or all that stuff. So I, we just have that K-cup thing. <laughs> it, it gets the job done. I'll usually just go black with it. Some, But every now and then, like I said, I'll, I'll experiment with higher fat diets. I'll, put, I'll use uh, cream every now and then. I don't like the butter. Everybody likes freaking butter in their coffee. That just doesn't mix well. I, I, it's all at the top, and then by the time you, you take your first couple sips, there's no butter left in the rest <laughs> of the freaking coffee. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, everybody swears by it and uh, how it curbs your appetite. I'm like, sure, I could get the same benefit with cream. I understand with cream, though, it is harder to get quality cream than it is to get quality butter. So I understand the people who, who do the butter instead of the cream because of that. But I just, me personally, I just don't like the, the taste of it. I'd rather do, if I do put a different fat in it, I'll do coconut oil instead of like the butter. But most of the time it's just black. Um, I've experimented a few times with sucralose in it. So the, whatchamacallit, it's the, the yellow packet stuff. So the fake stuff. <laughs> so rather than sugar to experiment, I've read some stuff to where the sucralose is in uh, Splenda, I believe. I think that's the, the one. So I did it for like a month, and I didn't really notice anything. And I'm not a big sweet guy anyway, so I took it back out. But this guy was saying, it's actually, if you're going to do a, a sweetener, it's better than than sugar. It's way better than aspartame, even though it's, it's, it's fake and it's chemically derived or whatever, however they come about it. Your gut actually... It doesn't mess around with your gut bacteria and all that stuff. Uh, some people, some studies say it does. This guy's saying it that I got the research from said it didn't. And as far as causing like an artificial uh, blood sugar spike or insulin response, that this uh, the research actually showed that it didn't do that. I know some some of the the fake sugar products can cause that like artificial response. So. I've done that before, but usually just black. <laughs> so, yeah, from there then, I'll, I'll do – I'm not going to eat while I train clients or anything. So I, I just probably invest in a higher quality protein shake then. I do – every now and then I'll do Sun Warrior Protein, which is like a raw vegan blend of protein. I'll have that throughout the morning then, sometimes a higher quality whey protein. And then uh, lunch is when I usually have my bigger meal. And recently, what I've been—I'm a big egg guy. I have eggs all the time. Eggs usually some type of meat mixed in with that, and then uh, white rice. That's my carb of choice. That's what digests easiest with me. And then uh, I'm boring. I'll repeat that same meal for dinner. <laughs> so most mostly liquids through the morning uh and then uh like some more of my heavier meals are going to be midday and then uh dinner is not till late it's not going to be till probably eight, eight o'clock uh dogs are here yeah that's all right mine was barking before too <laughs> it, it happens don't worry about it. it's all all about the family yeah but uh so yeah pretty pretty 
boring. I like to keep it boring, so to speak, just because it keeps with the consistency, consistent, uh, consistency, and it, it really keeps me more accountable. If I try to think of different things, and and cook different things, or cook the day or the day of, I usually just bulk cook everything, and that's my meals for the week. If I get too fancy with it, it's going to be harder for myself to stick to. Then you're going to be more likely to to binge on something else. So my eating is really pretty basic and boring. That's, now, and that's really how I like it too. Are are there any things that you use, whether it be like food supplements, food supplements, whatever they may be, uh, do you feel help contribute with the longevity that we were talking about earlier? I'm a big guy in in uh, supplementing with uh, digestive enzymes and probiotics. It's like everybody. I'll have my not a lot. Every now and then, I'll have a cheat meal where it's, or it's processed food or or even some of uh, some of the rice. If I, depending if I eat too much of the rice, uh, I know that the white rice digests better with me, but some of the food and even if I cook it too much is going to be lacking of digestive enzymes. And if you can't break down your food, then why the hell are you, you eating it? You know, um, I mean, just like everybody else, I'm, I'm go, go, go. So I don't chew the best. <laughs> so ideally I'd like to, okay, meditate while I eat my food, chew and all that. But ideally or realistically, I'm not going to do that. So I'll supplement with the digestive enzymes almost every meal. And I'm, that's one that the one supplement I'm actually really consistent with. Every other supplement I'm going to um, cycle on and off of. But a, a good digestive enzyme or is really the supplement that I'll, I'll, I'll pop every, every day. Is there, uh, is there a specific brand that you like or, or is there anything that you're looking for in that digestive enzyme even? I, ch- I change it up as, as long as there's multiple types of enzymes in it. Meaning, is there an enzyme to break down fat? Is there a lipase in it? Is is there a lactase in it? Especially if you're going to do dairy, and, and a lot of people can't can't digest dairy. Maltase, if you're if you're drinking alcohol, <laughs> uh, that's to look for one. What what has that? So, and I, I really suggest enzymes to my clients, especially when they go out on the weekends for a cheat meal, or say they're eating Monday through Friday pretty clean, and then they're they're going out and they're going out with friends or whatever. I, I've had numerous people take these enzymes while or before their cheat meal and times where, Hey, I was in the bathroom that night or now they're, Hey, I was, I was good. <laughs> like I had, I had cheese with this and I was able to digest it. But yeah, basically just a, an enzyme with, with, um, your basic, all the different types of enzymes to break down carbs, proteins, fats, dairy, and then, and then even, even alcohol too. So most enzymes are going to have that in, uh, that you see in stores nowadays. So it's really whatever's going to be more, price point efficient for you and if you don't feel a benefit with it then okay maybe maybe you should upgrade to it but i'm a i'm a big believer in in a lot of this the supplements are just the more expensive ones are just hyped up and prettier packaging so <laughs> really i just i buy i'll look at the back but really it's i'm buying cheap cheap supplements too <laughs> so but yeah that's that's probably the one supplement i'll i'll, I'll do most like i said i, I mentioned Every now and then, if if I'm training a lot, I'll do protein shakes to supplement in between. But other than that, I, I like to experiment with a lot of different supplements too. So, is I've, there anything that you're experimenting with right now, or that you have recently that you thought was either a big benefit to you, or do you felt absolutely nothing from? Uh, like I said I, I do the enzymes, but uh, I started introducing probiotics into uh, my regimen a little more regular as well. Ever since I started living in, in uh, more, more of the city, when I was growing up, I always had 
well water to drink, to shower in and everything. And ever since I kind of moved more towards the city, we have had more city water. I've noticed skin irritations, different things like that, even the, the drinking water. So whether it's the chlorine in it or whatever, I think that was the, the big cause. So with when I started supplementing with a probiotic, it actually actually helped as far as whether I had excess yeast or drink, eating too much sugar, whatever the, the case may be, it actually helped as far as with skin irritations and, and clean up. Actually, I think uh, if I had any stomach ir- inflammation, it would. Uh, I, I didn't really notice any once I started using a probiotic. So between the probiotics and the enzymes, I, I think those two, the combination of the two, have really helped with my digestive health. And again, I, I'd like to say I'm going to eat sauerkraut and all that stuff and and i do every now and then but to be as consistent as i should be with it uh, i'll i'll just supplement with the probiotic too and and i think i get a pretty good benefit from that the other supplement i I do is just a baby aspirin a day too just uh some of the studies that i've read as much as it could it could lower your risk of cancer by 20 percent and that was one of the most recent studies done on it so i um there's not too much negatives with a, a baby aspirin. Maybe if you're taking full-size aspirins every day, but as far as a baby aspirin, the downside isn't that high. And if it really does prevent cancer by 20%, then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. <laughs> so those three are what I'm currently taking now. No other really crazy supplements in the in the recent past in my more bodybuilding and powerlifting and strongman days. I supplemented with some 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 different things. The the strongest supplement I think I ever used was it was it was over the counter then, so you can't put me in jail now. It was over the counter. <laughs> it was over the counter that you would spray on your tongue HGH. So and the dosages that they allowed back then over the counter were much greater than the dosages. They still sell that stuff now, but the dosages are a lot smaller. And it was it was my my sophomore going into maybe junior year in college, I was taking this, but it was also, it was, it was the best summer ever. My dad, for whatever reason, he didn't make me get a summer job. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, oh no, just focus, focus on lifting for football and, and doing all that. So I'm like, all right. So I slept a lot. I would lift a lot. And then some of the supplementation, like I said, I was probably, so I don't know if it was the fact that that supplement was that good or the fact that I was just sleeping, eating and lifting, but I, that was the strongest I, I ever was. And, uh, I, I could see why they're starting to put a limit on some of these over the counter supplements. There's more, more and more regulation being put on some of them, but I, I didn't have any side effects. And like I said, I don't even know if it was really the under the tongue liquid HGH really did anything or if it was the fact that it was just my lifestyle at the time and probably the, the prime prime time to for me to get strong i was what 20 years old so i think that had more to do with it but that was potentially the strongest supplement i ever took so but yeah that that got me i was probably 205 and i was bench pressing 385 for a single and i I squatted 550 for two then that's the strongest i ever was and strongest i'll probably ever will be so that was back in the day the good old days so we've talked here about uh, a lot of getting healthy. What else can we do to live longer? But how about what's what's your biggest vice? Whether it's food, whether it's just uh, an activity that you like to do. My biggest vice. Hmm. Ah, oh, that's a good one. I'm trying to think. Right, right now, I definitely it's a uh, yeah, energizer and a, a stress reliever, and it also even calms me down. And 
I probably, I know I overdo it is, is coffee. I know we, I, we re- referenced it earlier. That's I'm, I'm near probably 36 to 40 ounces a day, which is, <laughs> it's definitely, I know it's, it's way too much, but in my defense, I think I make some weak coffee. So <laughs> that's, that's my only defense. That's my, my biggest vice I would say in which, um, I, I cut back on every now and then, and then I add it back in. But, um, like I said, if that's that's probably the worst worst thing I, I probably do as far as day in day out habits. I'll I'll have my cheat meals every now and then on the weekend where, but my cheat meals are going to be like I'll I'll have some some chicken wings or uh, like uh, a bag of vegetable chips <laughs> like something like that. Nothing uh, nothing too crazy as far as with uh, foods that I crave. But really the the biggest vice is is um is that is that coffee so <laughs> caffeine is definitely a drug and like i said i never drank it until i was probably about 25 or 26 and now i'm 30 so the last oh no it was probably even later than i drank it probably 27 then yeah because i've only been doing it for like three years and each year just gets more and more so that's that's my goal Every every few weeks, I'll say, okay, I'm cutting back, and I cut back, cut it in half, and then it always ends back up again. But that's that's my biggest uh, thing that I got to work on for me personally. Well, speaking of other goals, is there anything that you have uh, either personally, professionally, any goals that you're working uh, on or towards right now? Yeah, so right now what's really taken hold is is more uh, professional goals. Uh, my days of uh, competing as far as with football and some of the other uh, fitness aspects as far as like strongman and powerlifting those days were earlier in my 20s maybe mid 20s I was still focusing on some of that stuff every now and then I'll have an inkling to, to do do some but really what my main goals are now is, is more on the business end really make continue to make myself one of the, the top trainers uh, in, in, the, in the area and then even expanding United States and eventually worldwide that's that's my main goal right now and like I said I, I live in the Lehigh Valley which is really a, an up and coming or already has arrived in this on the in the scene at least in PA we're right between New York and Philly and it's one of the, the bigger areas city-wise and in, in PA to continually make the Lehigh Valley healthier is is my main is my main goal and we're doing that obviously through our personal training gym that 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 I help run and then even expanding that through working with some of the the hospital gyms now we are running the personal training for some of the the local hospital gyms in the area which is getting huge more and more uh, lectures and talks throughout the area uh, picking up on and then also expanding like we mentioned the, the online training expanding that first really start and promote that in the area first people who who can't afford the the person the one-on-one face-to-face training and really uh push them to the online training and really then starting to expand that more throughout the nation so that's that's the main goal as of now is to basically dominate the lehigh valley go on to to help out the united states and really have a a worldwide presence uh in in the health and, and fitness community now, within that health and fitness community, what what would maybe be like the biggest opposition that you find to health? Like, what do people push back on the most? I think the the fact that to really be to really be healthy and to really get the goals and the results you want, it actually takes time. A lot of people, and even the, the health and fitness professionals, they they always market 
schemes that are get fit or get get lose weight quick type of thing. And even the clients that I tra- I train, they they want the results within the first month. So to really change the the mindset of not just the clients and people who are consuming these health fitness products, but also the the marketers to realize, hey, this is a, a lifestyle change. It's it's not going to happen overnight. But let's face it, there's no money in that. So you're not going to sell as much supplements and you're not going to sell as much magazines or with the latest diet that just got recycled from 20 years earlier. So that's not really ever going to change. So that's where it takes someone like myself who has a foothold in the community to really get out and speak as, as much as I can and to spread the word as much as I can that, hey, it, it does take time. It's not going to be an overnight thing. This is a lifestyle, not a, a quick fix as far as um, this product or this supplement or or whatever you're going to do. So that's the, the biggest pushback that you get from from most clients that, that I get and also just from the, the commu- uh, health and fitness community. So if you were to pick one thing, what would you say that your friends, your family consider you to be world-class at? Like just the absolute cream of the crop uh, when it comes to doing something better than anybody else in the world. <laughs> oh, man. See, I don't, I don't have that high of opinion of myself. I would say nothing. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that as an answer, would, actually. I, I, I'd like to consider myself a somewhat humble person. I think really what uh, separates me from from other people, at least in, in my profession, is taking the extra time to go that extra step. As far as being dedicated to, to, to your job, to, to the clients, to really okay, there's an hour session, but hey, I don't have anyone else after you. I'm going to spend that extra 5, 10, 15 minutes with you to talk nutrition, to try to motivate you, to get you set up so, so we can keep going. Uh, so, so really, the thing that I think separates myself and, and most of my peers and family notices work ethic and motivation and, and willingness to, to help uh, my clients and help other people. Now, if you were a superhero, who would you be? And if different, what superpower would you want to have? And those, again, they can be different. It doesn't have to be the same superhero uh, that has that superpower. Oh, man. Yeah, I I, I used to, probably up until I was like 12, I used to like all the superhero stuff. I I still like that stuff every now and then. I'm more of a WWF guy, though. Okay, so then, okay, let's let's go (laughs) off of that. If you were a professional wrestler, uh, either... Who would you be, or like that's currently wrestling, or that did wrestle, or what would your persona be if you were to create oh, right. one? All right. So probably first, well, the superhero one. I got an answer for you because I hate the thing I hate most is traffic. I that's why I'm lucky. I, I live a mile and a half away from the, the gym I work at, and my other business is online because I don't have to drive then. So, <laughs> so for superhero, I would want to be. Uh, the guy from uh, X-Men, Nightcrawler, who could just teleport everywhere. So all he has to do is see the object and he could teleport there. So if I was like in my car, I could like teleport over all the other traffic and get to where I go. So I could just travel anywhere in like seconds. So as far as like my persona in wrestling, I don't know. I, I think I'd be, I wouldn't be a fan favorite. I don't know. I'm, I'm not like a, a Hulk Hogan guy or something like that, but I wouldn't be a bad guy. I'd, I'd, I'd probably be, Probably one of the one of those uh, tag team guys who who just same thing just puts his head down, works hard, gets the champ the tag team championship belt, 
and goes about his business that way. He's, I'm mean, like I said, that's just really just my my personality. Put my head down and and grind, and nothing flashy, no crazy speeches or anything like that. That's, well, then who's your who's your tag team partner going to be? Is this going to be somebody larger than <laughs> life, or are they going to be similar to you, where you guys are just kind of that working man's, like where you're just hey grinding away and just beating people on the way? I, I I like to surround myself with people like like me. Obviously, you want some some characteristics that that differ to to help accentuate. But I I like people like me. <laughs> so, like I said, if even even with uh with working with people and and if I could have my ideal client, I want I want someone who's who's invested, who's mo- self motivated. Obviously, they're gonna need some help from me to for motivation, but who really like I said puts their head down, puts in the work. And can self motivate too, so I, I, I want a partner who who would do do the same. So and same thing. I'm not. I'm not. I don't like the flash. I don't want attention drawn to me. It's like like Hulk Hogan or The Rock or somebody like that. I'm trying to think of who a good example of that would be. The modern days. I'm not much of the modern day wrestling, but the guy who comes to mind is his name's uh, Randy Orton. He's like no one. He's a good. He's real good. He's got the championship belt a couple times, but. Uh, He's not real flashy. He, people like him sometimes. Sometimes people don't like him. But that's who I would probably compare my myself to. Like he can make a speech every now and then when he wants to, but he's really about just getting the job done and and doing the work. So that, that's probably who I would say my persona and uh, wrestling persona would be. I like it. I, I like where you went with that. I've, I've the got to change that question up a little bit. One with wrestling. Uh, that might be something I have to ask uh, <laughs> people in the future. See and said, hey, they, they might not be into superheroes as much, but uh, I like that it was wrestling, professional wrestling. <laughs> Too bad no one else will know what we're talking about. Unless uh, no, I think, I think you'd be surprised. <laughs> I think there are a lot of people out there that have that. Still like still Yeah, like or, or they've had that in the past where it's something that they followed. Uh, but I want to talk about the future next. And you've talked a little bit about like what your personal goals would be, like, Helping out Health in Lehigh Valley, helping out like even just to expand across the globe. But what is that vision for a healthy future? What do you think health is going to look like ten years from now, a hundred years from now? Because you even spoke of um, gentleman's name. What was it again? Aubrey de Grey. Like, hey, we might be living to one hundred and fifty, living to a thousand. But what is that going to look like ten years from now? What is your vision of health? What is your vision of health in a hundred years? Well, sh- short term. I think you're you're starting to see the trend anyway. Most of these these office jobs and stuff, they're almost everybody that I train, they're all starting to get issued standing desks. I think the next the next step is you're going to start to see the treadmill desks more often now. Uh, as standing's better than sitting, but still you still want to move. So I think you're going to start to see more of the the treadmill desk, and you're going to start to see. Um, I I, re- I really think you're going to start to see less gym, so to speak, and more just following the the Europe concept. You know what I mean? As far as just moving and whether it's it's biking to work or something like that, or just making exercise and fitness part of your life. So you're, I think you're starting to see that a little bit in the U.S. I think it's going to start to grow and grow. It's almost backwards. Europe's starting to open up more gyms and do all that stuff, and we're starting to do the opposite. Hey, go out for hikes on the weekends, go biking to work, and it's not happening that quick, but I, I see it a little bit more and more. So I actually see us doing uh, more what the rest of the, the world might be doing in, in this country, making fitness and health your everyday part of your lifestyle within the next 10, 15, 20 years, 
But in in a hundred years from now, seriously, with technology, I might be out of a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think you're going to start to see the health and fitness is just going to be a hundred years from now. It will just be more fun. Hey, I want to I want to lift weights because I I enjoy doing it, or I want to I'm going to continue to play sports until I'm a hundred years old because I can now because my my joints still work when I'm a hundred because I have stem cells or whatever the heck this guy's thinking of. So I think in a hundred years from now, it's just going to be more you're doing stuff because you're fun, not because or because it's fun for you, not because you have to do it. Like, oh, I have to go to the gym, I have to keep weight training because I have to keep my muscle mass. You're just going to do do stuff that's that's fun to you, and you're starting to see see that a little bit now with uh, some of the even the current stuff. I guess I still follow the bodybuilding every now and then. There's a guy Dexter Jackson who's. 45 years old and he got second place at the mr olympia which is the best in the world so obviously they're drug enhanced but that's what some of these scientists are talking about drug enhanced uh whether uh with hgh this uh steroids whether that's gonna become more readily available to people and then safer dosages in the future uh or the stem cells are just gonna make stuff that much easier or these robotics whatever the case may be but you're gonna you already see it now like in that case a 45-year-old still in a, in a sport where you used, used to phase out at 35. He's still competing with everybody. Uh, then even you're starting to see it in um, pro basketball. Uh, some of these guys, their careers are being are lasting longer. Kobe Bryant's, what, 38, 30, maybe even 39 now, and he's still playing at a very high level. He gets his blood spinned every year, every offseason, put back in his body. <laughs> You know what I mean? So these guys, whether it's uh, the current stuff, whether it's like the PRP uh, in which they're just getting their blood spin and injected back in their body, they, like these guys are traveling to Europe to do it now and it's elongating their careers. Uh, so you see it on a smaller scale. So 100 years from now, that's going to have, that's going to be like your weekly checkup to the doctor is going to be, okay, I'm going to get an injection of this, my blood spin there, get some more stem cells. And so you're, you're you could be probably a hundred years old and still playing football or whatever. You're just going to, you're going to, I think you're going to see a lot of this stuff. Well, hopefully I'll be alive to see it <laughs> that far away, but the technology, it seems to be, like I said, after following some of his stuff, Aubrey, the gray stuff and some of these other documentaries, I, I truly think this technology will be, probably out with at least 50 to 100 years from now, you should probably start to see some of this stuff, if not sooner. So if we're doing all of this to enhance our health and help us live longer, what is something that, like, what is a stressor that we can get rid of? Or what is something that we should get rid of to actually help us live longer instead? I think people in general have to shed the negative perception of everything, so to speak. To me, what I, what I find to be a stressor isn't really the stressor, but how I perceive it. So if I'm not getting enough sleep, I actually stress myself out. Oh my God, I'm not getting enough sleep. And then I'm more worse off than I am, than I, than I was. Or if, if, uh, if I perceive I'm not having a stressful day at work, all right, I'm, I am going to have a stressful day and it's gonna, that stress will cause other health issues and stuff. So to change your, your perception on, on certain aspects, I think is the number one to, to shed a negative perception on on things that, that you may may per- perceive themselves as negative to you is number one. And ways to do that, whether you need to sit down with, uh, with a certified professional counselor or something like that, someone to talk to, whether it is meditation, mindfulness is huge nowadays to, to change your perception on things, or even uh, just positive talk uh, rather than 
oh man, I'm going to have a stressful day at work. Oh, work's going to be a challenge day, but I'm going to go at it and, and do my best and, and turn it into a good day. If you just take out the negative words, you, it could really change your, your mindset and how you perceive things. So I, I think that's probably the number one thing people have to shed to, to live longer and to live a more happy life. Now, you, speak, you spoke of, again, shutting those things, uh, meditation, mindfulness, whatever it may be. Do you use any specific practice yourself uh, as far as that goes? I think my, my routine in general is, is my form of uh, de-stressing. So my afternoon routine, so I, I do a split schedule usually for when I work. Obviously, you need to train people before they go to work and after. So my midday routine is kind of my active med- meditation. I'll come home to an empty house of just me and the dogs. So I don't have any uh, anyone's outside stimulus affecting my mood or anything. Uh, and dogs are always happy to see you. So that puts you in a good mood. So I'll, I'll eat and then I'll walk the dogs and walking the dogs to me is a good active meditation, which is kind of a kicker. Cause I mentioned it before being a vice after I walked the dogs, I had my, <laughs> my second cup of coffee, which is actually really relaxing for me. So that's why I, I fight whether I should give it up or keep it in. Cause I, I think it's doing me, me better by keeping it in than the worst I'm doing. So the same thing, shedding that negative perception about the coffee. Oh, too much of it is too bad. Well, if I shed that, then I don't think it is that bad. So that's like right now we're recording this around one o'clock and you saw me drinking my, my coffee. That's how I'm relaxing and, and going through the day. It's, it's a ritual for me uh, to have that early afternoon or late morning coffee. So those things, the dogs and, and the coffee is kind of like my active meditation and, and de-stressor and, and relaxer. I think you brought up a couple great points there. The biggest one that I took is you, you using that as your meditation. People often think, oh, I have to sit down and do a meditation. I have to be mindful. It has to be just completely quiet. I have to be in a dark room or whatever it may be. No, you're using your normal routine just as something that you love to do. And it relaxes your mind. It can get you in that more positive state. And it's doesn't have to be this uh, over-the-top meditation practice that you learn from some guru. No, it's just kind of making a part of your everyday life. It's a very simple way to look at it. Oh, yeah. And I, I see it a lot with, with my clients. I always tell them I'm always there to help them with the exercise and, and nutrition aspect. And and you only have a certain amount of time with, with these, these people. So you try to get as much out of it as you can. So I always instruct them on days you don't come in to, to train your, your brain or your mind, however you want to call it. And again, like you said, they always think I have to go to the dark room and put my ring finger or however you do that with the, the hands at the, the finger to the thumb and hum and all that stuff. And I, I always tell them the best ways, hopefully they live somewhat close to like a trail and walk in nature. I think that's probably the best way to do it because most people, their minds are too active to do the sit down meditation. So walking movement and being outside, I think has the best calming effects for people. And then when they learn how to train their mind like that, even though they may not perceive it as training their mind, everything else falls into place. Then their cravings for, for crappy food goes away. So they're eating better then. Uh, and then when you eat good food, you have the energy to work out. You're going to work out on their own. And it's just a snowball effect. And like I said, most people, they go from exercise to nutrition. And then once they get those two, then they think about their mind. When really, ideally, it should be 
I talked about how I wanted people to do nutrition before exercise. Really, it should be mind or brain work, whatever you want to call it, then nutrition, then exercise. So, I, and again, people come to me with exercise in mind first, so I'm always working backwards with them. Uh, but the people who do put all three together are always turn out to be getting the best results in, uh, when, when I work with them. So, Mark, coming to the end of the interview, and one of the last questions I always ask everybody is, who would you want to hear on this podcast, and what would you want to ask them, or what would you want to hear them speak about? Uh, well, really, because like I said, I, I'm interested in, obviously, the, the guy I referenced before, Aubrey DeGray, I think, or anybody, I mean, it doesn't even have to be him, it could be someone in that field of the technology of longevity, whether it's stem cells, whether it's uh, a the PRP technology, which is actually being used in in the valley right now at certain hospitals, or any other of, of more more of the technology as far as with some of these longevity technologies, but also j- just um, someone that, that I'm thinking for for your show and, w- and what you like to talk about is just as far as health and fitness and and your your focus on brain health too is uh, and a guy who actually I read his biography and I always liked watching him when I was younger was uh, Bill Romanowski, the football player. He played for 49ers, the Raiders, finished up with Denver Broncos. I think he won like four or five Super Bowls. He played until he was like 40. And he was one of the, he hadn't God given a talent, but he worked real hard for it to, to stay in, in the league as a linebacker when usually those guys after five years, they're shuffled out for the younger version. He was the first to really start supplementing. There's uh, he took like 150 pills a day of whether it was herbal things, different supplements. Honestly, he got linked to that Balco thing with the steroids and HGH, but still he was pioneering a lot of the techniques he was doing sleep in the hyperbaric chamber before it was made famous by like Terrell Owens doing it. He was doing all these different things. And I think he'd be good with you now. Cause I know you're in, into uh, brain health. Obviously he's a football player who suffered multiple concussions, right? So he noticed his brain health deteriorating after he retired. So now he actually, like I said, between he has his own supplement line out, which is geared towards brain health. He does, different exercises again to increase his, his brain health and I'm referencing it before he does the sleeping in like the hyperbaric chamber which again can, can help rejuvenate uh, the brain and all that stuff so as as far and obviously he's a interesting guy like if you ever heard him talk he's he's pretty he has some quotable quotes and he's not afraid to speak his mind and he punched his own teammate, broke the guy's jaw. So he's like an interesting guy. He's got some crazy stories he could probably tell you. And, and as far as even with the health and fitness and back then when he was really playing 80s, 90s and, and into the two, early 2000s, because um, those are the guys I like to follow who play sports, guys who don't have the most God-given talent but are in the league for 20-plus years. You know, those they, They're doing something right as far as their training and, and nutrition and stuff. Outside, so those are the guys I, I like to learn from. Uh, I think he'd be a good fit for for what you really like to talk about and and different aspects that you like to get into. Excellent. I'll have to reach out and uh, see if I can get uh, get him on the show then. Uh, so, getting to the last question of the show here, and what is the one non-negotiable health habit you have that you never never ever compromise on? But before you answer, I want to send everybody over to the show notes, Bare Naked Health Podcast. Look up Mark Radio. Go see what his answer is to this uh, because I have a feeling it's going to be good. Uh, I, I can't wait to hear 
But Mark, before we head off here, how can our listeners find out more about you? Oh, just head over. The easiest one is to go to uh, www.hardcorehomefit.com. That's my online uh, training business. Put out a weekly blog there. All the links to all the social media is there. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. And I like to uh, subscribe to the blog. It's a good site as far as for motivational content. Uh, you'll learn some stuff too. And then if you're really interested in staying account- accountable and want to work with a, a health professional like myself, you could always sign up for the online training there too. It's real simple, affordable, and all that good stuff. So hardcorehomefit.com. Excellent. Thank you, Mark. And uh, I had a blast on this uh, conversation. And make sure everybody go check out the show notes, see what Mark's answer is going to be here. And thanks again, Mark. All right. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to go check on your brain health by going over to the barenakedhealthpodcast.com and taking the free brain quiz. By doing so, you can get a free copy of my book, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Also, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and a five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out and helping to share the podcast with others.